It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Happy New Year. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus all day long, all day strong. It is the new year. It's a beautiful Tuesday. People are probably back to work. And Brian Dacus, do me a favor. Come over here and tell the wonderful people something for two seconds, because for some reason I put in the headphones that are for some reason still on here that don't work, and I can't hear anything. So just tell people that you love them for two seconds. Well, John, I know everybody wants to talk about football today, but that's really, I mean, we are burying the lead. I should have turned your mic off because you're being very loud trying to connect those headphones. I mean, you're throwing headphones and everything. But, John, we had the Winter Classic yesterday in Seattle, of all places, the Seattle Kraken take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And what a performance by the Kraken, led by backup goaltender Joey Decord, who had the first shutout ever in Winter Classic history, leading the Kraken to a 3-0 victory. Was that enough, John? That was perfect. I appreciate you uh, saving myself and a little bit of time, but I have to tell you... And boring all the listeners. I I have to tell everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed um, what happened over the New Year's, especially New Year's Day. I thought we had two absolutely amazing football games. Uh, We had an overtime thriller, Alabama and Texas, and I'll tell you one thing, I just feel like Tommy Reese... um, just did not have a good game for the off as an offensive coordinator. I don't think he put them in uh, in very many positive positive positions. The fourth down call, fourth down and four. I know there was a low snap. Still looked like he was going to do a little uh, you know a little read and you know try to get up the middle. I thought they should have moved the pocket, given him opportunity to run or throw. And I'll tell you one thing: Milrow on the corner, if he's with a corner or a safety, I think he can win that battle. Plus, he has he you know he throws a good ball. I thought the Michigan Alabama game was absolutely. Um, I mean, it was great football. It was great football. I uh, thought it was some bad coaching going Nick Saban and again Tommy Reese. But what can you say about Michigan, man? They got it done. And J.J. McCarthy, when they needed him at that end of the game, he went down there, led them to that drive, helped push this game into overtime. And then in overtime, Michigan's offensive line just said, "I'm we are going to run the ball downhill. And they ran on two plays right down Alabama's throat. And then and put an exclamation on it. And then their defense, who had played outstanding all game long, and their defense, who's been outstanding all season long, came up big, stopped Alabama. What a dead gum game. And again, somewhere Boo Kerrigan is smiling and saying, you know what? Damn it, I got it right. I told y'all so. And for all the people out there, for Florida State, please just kiss my ass. I'm tired of listening to it. I heard it. All Christmas Eve, my aunt, Deanne, saying, oh, it's so not fair. Florida State should be in just because they lost our quarterback and then their second-string quarterback and blah, blah, blah. What did you see what Georgia did? Well, I mean, that wouldn't have been the same team playing in the college football playoffs. Do you really think there's going to be a whole lot of difference? I mean, I'm just telling you right now, again, Jordan Travis wasn't going to play in the college. Do you really think that Florida State would have been more competitive 
against anybody in the college football playoff? Do you think no, Florida State? No, can? John, I didn't say that. I said they would have been way more competitive than they were against Georgia because they would have had like zero opt outs. Well, yes, they had twelve zero opt-outs. transfer portal guys. They had twelve opt outs. Yes, they did, and that's no, what way I'm more saying. Than, I mean, no, twelve it was guys. Twelve that didn't play. guys that started. It was twelve opt outs. It was only twelve people that didn't play in that twelve game. opt outs. They still. I mean, it was twelve stars starters all over. that opt out. Yeah. Yes. They would have been completely Verse different. Was team. out. Of yes. course, Jordan yes. Travis didn't play. Completely game. different team. Um. I mean, again, you can say that, so now we're just going to – again, again, I just wanted to bring up one thing is the college football, and Boo Kerrigan got it right. Michigan-Alabama was a hell of a football game. Could have gone either way. Washington and Texas was a damn great football game. Michael Penix Jr. was flat-out awesome, uh, spinning that ball, and yes, this kid can play in the National Football League. I don't know why anybody wouldn't think he can. Um, he's going to be, right now, he's rated as the fourth best quarterback in this year's draft. Still think he should be a little bit higher, to be honest with you. Um, I know Caleb Williams is awesome. I know Drake May is good. But Michael Penix, that quick release, and again, he doesn't run like Michael Vick. But do you remember how quick Michael Vick's release was? Oh, yeah. How fast he got that ball out? Well, Michael Penix gets the ball out as fast as Vick did, but he's a lot more damn accurate. And he just throws, he just... He processes information extremely well. He is very strong in the pocket. He feels the pressure. He moves around. He throws from different arm angles. And he just, he is just a, he's a playmaker. He is a playmaker. And he gives his wide receivers the one thing that I can tell you about Michael Penix Jr., which I appreciate watching him play the quarterback position is he gives his, his wide receivers, if they're on, if they're man to man coverage, and he sees it's one on one. He's going to give his guy an opportunity and put the ball to where he believes his guy. You got to just think about it. Do you remember it was what third down and ten, and he drops back. The rush is all. I mean, is about to eat his lunch, and he just lofted the ball up twenty yards down the field in the air and one on one coverage, and let his dude right. go take care of the job. Michael Penix Jr is playing the quarterback position as good as anybody in the country currently. Like, you can't say anything, but my man, by the way, I think they got the Heisman right. I do think it belonged to Jaden Daniels. What he did this year, he was the most valuable player for his team. He was the best, I think, college quarterback, period. When it comes to college, he ran, he threw, he did everything for LSU. Everything for LSU. Michael Penix, however... I believe, is the better pro prospect. Now, Jaden Daniels is right now the third guy on a lot of people's board. Running is an amazing attribute when it comes to playing quarterback, except for, I believe, in the National Football League. Now, Cam Newton was a different breed of an animal. Um, Josh Allen is a different breed of a human being. He is a monster. But they're also figuring out now under Joe Brady and Ken Dorsey, hey, we don't need to run Josh Allen as much. We do have a running back in uh, James Cook. So when I look at just the way the quarterback position is played in the National Football League, I think Michael Penix is going to be an absolute stud. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm stoked to watch Michigan's defense go against Washington's offense. I think it's going to be electric. Jalen Milrow... I didn't feel like had a very good game at all because Michigan's defense was absolutely stout. 
They got certain plays, like his feet. He was dynamic with his feet. Got the ball to Burton a few times when he needed to. But they really didn't ever push the ball down the field like I thought they should against Michigan. A lot of that had to do with that defensive front, which is absolutely filthy. But if you look at these two playoff games, the college football playoff committee got it right. Except for possibly Georgia might needed to have been in there. But again, you lose in the SEC championship game. It's a de facto playoff game. And it's sad they got left out. But damn it, Georgia went out there and bully whipped. Florida State did not look like they belonged on the field. And I know that Jordan Travis wasn't there. But Jordan Travis wasn't going to play in the college football playoff game. And I know 12 starters opted out. 12 starters opted out. And no, they didn't look good, but they didn't look like they belonged on the field. And if you looked at Florida State all year long, outside of beating LSU in week one, when, when like Chip Kelly, I mean, Brian Kelly was absolutely terrible at coaching that football team, that LSU defense was awful. And yeah, Florida State did a great job of confusing Jaden Daniels. But again, that was the first game of the year. I looked at the ACC, the ACC is terrible. I mean, their 22nd-ranked team, Clemson, beats Kentucky on a late-second field goal to win by three points. And Kentucky's like a terrible team out of the Southeastern Conference. And again, the Big Ten, yes, be happy that Michigan won. Congratulations, but Ohio State got their ass kicked. Penn State got their ass kicked. I mean, Iowa got their ass kicked by my man in Tennessee. Big Ten football doesn't want to play the SEC. And I will say, yes, Michigan beat Alabama. Shouldn't have. I feel like, again, Tommy Reese was terrible down the stretch. And then the defense also giving J.J. McCarthy time and only rushing four. Uh, that was annoying on that last game-tying drive. Again, why do these coaches do that? They go and they play this prevent defense. They, won't, they don't want to give up the big play. But you're just going to let people dink and duck and come all the way down the field and then get there and score a touchdown. Um, but again, I feel Boo Kerrigan, I feel the college football playoff committee was 100% right. Somewhere they're out there eating crow because we had two of the best semifinal games we've ever had. We had one go into overtime and the Texas game, six point game with Texas inside the red zone trying to score to win that bad boy. Like that yesterday's football was perfect. Sorry, Georgia. Sorry, Florida State. Y'all did not get in and get to in. And guess what? Florida State, I don't care. If Florida State didn't cry like a bunch of babies this year, there would have been a 12 team playoff. So, Florida State, quit whining. Mike Norvell got coach of the year this year. Congratulations. Caleb DeBoer got um, AP coach of the year. Two different coaches of the year, which is always, you know, fun with me. The way they give out their awards, but I feel like the college football playoff committee has got to feel like they did the job because Texas and Washington and Michigan and Alabama gave us everything we wanted and more. Um, it was a great New Year's Day, and now it's fascinating because number one Michigan is now playing number two Washington, and in, and I just had this feeling. In the year the Pac-12 is going away, there's just something about this that the Pac-12 is going to be the last champion in the four-team playoff. I just feel it in my heart. Washington's defense is better than people give it credit for. It really, really is. 
Now, Texas and Ewers and Baxter and Worthy, they had some weapons. Sarkeesian, I feel like also, um, I thought he struggled a little bit uh, with some play calling on the sideline and made a few bad decisions. But dead gummit, I'm telling you, with, with this Michigan-Washington game, I mean, you got defense versus offense. Michigan's, they lay it all on the line on that defensive, that defensive front. And that front seven that Michigan has is going to give that Washington Huskies offensive line all it can handle and more. But we have now seen Washington handle Texas's front line, Oregon's twice. They have now 21. Did you know Washington has won 21 straight games? Yep. 21 straight games. I just feel like I know we got till next week, baby. I'm looking forward to this championship game. But I'm already starting to right now lean on Washington, and it's not because of anything except for I think they have the better coach. I think they have the better quarterback. I think they have the better wide receivers and playmakers. And I think that offensive line is underrated, and I think that Washington defense is going to do just enough. I think we are going to have an out-of-control awesome national championship game. And again, they got it right. The only thing you can say is, is Georgia made it look like, damn it, they might have deserved to be in. But you know what? You can't lose an SEC championship game. It was a playoff game. Only four teams could get in. And I'm sorry, but Florida State and Georgia was left out. And again, people out there arguing that Florida State should have been in. Should have, should have, should have, should have, should have. No. You can't take the best player off the team and act like that's still the same team. You just can't. I mean, do you really think that if you took Michael Penix Jr. off of Washington, do you think Washington would have got uh, beaten Texas yesterday? Jordan Travis wasn't the Heisman candidate. Um, Jordan Travis, though, owns every single record at Florida State for rushing, throwing touchdowns, and has been a starter there for four years. But I'd say I, I wouldn't say he's the best player on that team. I'd say either Verse or oh. Keon Coleman's probably. So you're the best saying the defensive end is better than Jordan Travis? Um, maybe yeah. for the National League prospect, do you think that it affects the game the same way Jordan Travis well, I mean, does? Yeah, no the quarterback. When you I mean, got Keon Coleman and you got those weapons out there, and Jordan yeah. Travis knows the offense and knows how to get it to him, right. um, that's a different team right. than going out there and playing the sweet little kid. From Covington, who's eighteen well, years he, old, he, he went, went to play. He wouldn't have played in the. He went to play. Oh, and Tate Rodemeyer, I think, is worse than him. Well, I mean, it, but Tate you still is can't terrible. say. You still can't say the third string would have been playing because he wouldn't have been playing. The second string is, was worse than the third string was. Uh, if you look at how they played this year, well, Tate Rodemeyer. You know. I'm just telling you. Did you watch? Did you watch Tate Rodemeyer against Louisville? I mean, I, not Louisville I, the week uh, before. That what? Who's that? Uh, I, yeah, I think I watched that. And they and he was. Terrible. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. They scored three rushing touchdowns because that's the only way that they could score. Because my man couldn't complete a pass. He completed 40% of his passes. Touchdown. Yeah, I need a 40 guy, a guy who's going to complete 40% of his passes. And they're going to play for a national championship. No, stop it. John, you're fired up today. I'm just all, I guess my aunt, my family, um, all the quote people in this world who just want to be fair. Life isn't fair, bro. That's a good point. Like, learn that. But Boo Kerrigan and the College Football Playoff Committee, they got it right. Give them a thank you because yesterday was the best day of football when it comes to watching these championship games that I can remember. It was a good day. I enjoyed those games thoroughly, and I lost the first game. It's not like I'm saying, hey, I had Alabama. I mean, I did, I'm not sitting there saying this was the greatest national uh, semifinal that I'd ever seen 
because I won a ton of money, which I did win a ton of money on Washington. But, man, I mean, Alabama, I thought, was going to be able to pull it off against Michigan. But Jim Harbaugh and his group and J.J. McCarthy, they gutted it out. And it felt like at the end they just wanted it more. I, I mean, I couldn't believe believe the play calling from Tommy Reese. It was just terrible. And I also couldn't believe that Alabama in two straight plays, they pick up 25 yards and a touchdown running the ball right down Alabama's throat. But it was just great football. It was drama-filled. It was out of control. It was awesome. But Michigan pulled it out in overtime. And then you have Texas and Washington. And that was such a back-and-forth game. That was so emotional. Texas goes three and out. Washington takes the ball, goes all the way down the field and scores. Texas then goes all the way down the field and scores. It's all tied up again. Then Washington... Muffs a punt? How many muff punts did we see over the weekend, bro? So many. Like, what happened? I guess three weeks off, these punters need to start practicing catching the damn punts because there was muff punts galore over the weekend. And um, I thought that muff punt could really, really screw Washington in their momentum. But Dead Gummit, they kept it going again. Michael Penix threw for 430 yards, two touchdowns, and was awesome. And again, how many times have I told you about Adunze? A lot. I mean, I've been player. talking to him a lot. He's, I think, you know, people say Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in the country, and I, and I honestly, I've watched him play a lot. I think he is great. Is he going to be a hell of an NFL coach? I mean, an NFL football player. Hey, he might be a great NFL coach. One too, day he might know. be. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, for like, I'm taking Adunze over him. One, he's bigger. He's got the vert. He can run every single route. I, I, I'm just telling you, this is Marvin Harrison going to be a great pro? Damn right he is. But Adunze has an opportunity to be one of those special wide receivers, a Calvin Johnson, a Randy Moss, a dead gum superstar, a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase. I mean, this dude can do it all. I love him. I love his hands. Um, I just he, – he is just filthy nasty. And uh, this Washington team, man, 21 straight wins. They're going to be playing, of course, against Michigan in the championship game. What do you think the line is, my man? Oh, I saw it. It was it, uh, Isn't it like Michigan minus three and a half or something like that? It is Michigan minus four and a wow. half, bro. That's what, that's what Washington, Texas was. Ooh-wee. Washington has now been underdogs in three straight games, which is They were underdogs to Oregon. They Mm -hmm. were underdogs uh, against Texas, Mm -hmm. and they're underdogs again. And you know what? I'm taking that dog. As you should. 21 straight wins. This team don't play no games. And, again, right now the better quarterback on the field is Michael Penix Jr., and it's not even close. It's not even close. Did you see when the pocket was collapsing and he just took a step to the right and threw it sidearm, oh, yeah. zipped that sucker 30 yards down the field on a rate, on a laser beam? The touchdown pass that he threw where the safety and the cornerback are right there in the middle, and he just threads the damn needle. That's right. A once Tennessee commit, John, and now look at him. He's in the national championship. It's unbelievable. Speaking of uh, Tennessee, did you see what Tennessee did to Iowa? Yeah, Nico looks like Nico, the real thing. Nico, Nico, Nico. I was with a bunch of Nico fans. I was with some ball fans. Uh, my cousin Bob and Ashley and a bunch of my family members, they all went to Knoxville. Brody's going to Knoxville next year. These are all my family and friends. I haven't heard them that excited in a while. Now, the Hendon Hooker and the Alabama game, 
when they beat Alabama on that field goal, that's probably the most excited they've ever been in their entire life. But I haven't seen them felt this excited about a you know Josh Heupel team coming back next year with this young kid Nico, in which is going to be an absolute juggernaut of an SEC. You're bringing Texas in. You're bringing Oklahoma. You know Alabama, LSU. You know Georgia. All the teams that are out there are going to do their thing. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but up in Neyland Stadium, they got a young kid who looks like a pretty good quarterback, and Josh Heupel's proven that he can win very many ways. And did anybody score as many points on Iowa's defense as Tennessee did all season? Well, that's a good question, John. I mean, because I don't think they did. I, I don't know. The, I think the I most think so. points they gave up all year, I believe, was 31 to Penn State. And they went out there and just – I mean, this Iowa defense, who was playing its guys, just got worked. And what can you say, by the way? Hotty toddy, gosh almighty, who the hell are we? You're, flim flam, you're bam, right, bam, oh, miss by them. I am right. You are right. Uh, 31 was the, the most State. before uh, 35 last night. Under still hit, though, yesterday in that game. A classic Iowa. I would, I would not want score. it any other way. It's great. I just, they only crossed the 50-yard line, did you know, twice? Uh, yeah. I just found well, that and hilarious. They, and then they put in their third-string quarterback. You know, their second-string's been playing. He's, uh, he's a terrible quarterback. You talk about second-strings being worse than third-string. This freshman comes in for Iowa yesterday, and he starts running around the field in the fourth quarter. He looked great. And um, yeah, and they all got it right. By the way, though, I wanted to ask you this question: Did you hear uh, in the last segment? You know, Dave uh, said that if Georgia would have beaten Alabama in the SEC championship game, he said Florida State would have been in. It would have been Florida State and Georgia. Um. Anyway, my question is: Is why would you think that? Did people not realize that Texas was the third team, mm. third ranked team? Mm. They were getting in over Alabama. They were getting in over Florida State. Like, no, I'm sorry. No matter what was going to happen, Florida State, without their starting quarterback, was not going to get in, especially with a strength of schedule of 65. 65 was their strength of schedule. Alabama's was fifth. All three teams in the national championship strength of schedule were above 12. Sorry, Florida State at 65 just don't feel right. Now, we have been talking a little college football, and damn it, we are going to talk a whole lot more because you know what we talk to on Tuesday, don't you? CBS Sports' very own David Cobb. He's going to be on the other side. We got NFL stuff to talk about. It is Tuesday, right? It is Tuesday, that's right. We got NFL action to talk about because holy cow, what happened to those Eagles, man? Fly, Eagles, fly. Dallas Cowboys can cheat on national television. And whoa, 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 oh, whoa, oh, oh, yeah. whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa. Lions got the two-point conversion. They couldn't figure but out a way. the Cowboys that are cheating. I mean, if anything, you just blame the refs. You can't blame no, the Cowboys. No, I'm blaying the umpires. I'm, I'm saying it's the refs. They cheated for Dallas right in front of the whole <laughs> wide world. They did, and now Dallas Cowboys, who are first in the NFC East, the Eagles could fall to fifth and become a playoff team on the road and have no chance. I mean, this would be crazy if you think about this. The Eagles now might be going to either New Orleans or Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. Wow. That'd be crazy. It's just a crazy world. It's the National Football League. We got NFL madness to talk about. We didn't even talk about college basketball or uh, any NBA action. But we are going to talk again a lot of college football on the other side. If you um, want to, you know, join the program, nine zero one three six zero eight two five five, hit me up. 
hit me up, hit me up. A couple people have already hit me up. They said uh, Michigan was clearly the better team. Bama scored on a muff punt. Yeah, we had a lot of muff yesterday. A lot of muff punts. Um, and Milroy was, I thought, played uh, like he did earlier in the season against South Florida compared to the way he played late in the season against the Auburns, um, against Georgia. He didn't look like the quarterback that played against Georgia. Uh, we also have a, one that came in and says, Well, Johnny, I recall on December 5th you guaranteed that Alabama would beat Michigan. So you can pucker up to go Tigers, go, go Wayne. Go Tigers, Wayne. Hey, Thanks, Wayne. Wayne. Thank you for listening. Call me out. I said that Alabama was going to win. I bet on Alabama a chunk. But Jim Harbaugh and those boys from Michigan, they they proved me wrong. Michigan, two years in a row, they lost in the first round in the semifinal. Jim Harbaugh finally gets a win, and now he's playing for a national championship against Washington. Wayne, and also go Tigers, go. Congratulations. The Tigers beat the absolute tar. Sure out of did. Iowa State. Yeah, they did. Very impressive. We have yeah, so was. many wonderful things to talk about. I hope you had a wonderful new year. Um, let's bring this thing in. Don't touch the dial. Because, again, David Cobb's on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. We are real sports talk. Sports 56, WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. Now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2024. Life is just absolutely beautiful. NFL playoffs are buck wild. Buck wild! We had, I think, the best semifinal college football games that I have can remember. Uh, like, I mean, yesterday, New Year's Day, Alabama and Michigan off the charts overtime. Washington, Texas, fireworks, big plays, um, it was just it, – it was amazing. And the other thing that's amazing is I get to talk to the best in college football, the best in college basketball, the best writer I've ever, ever, ever met in my life, David Cobb at CBSSports.com. Make sure you check out his work at CBSSports.com. And don't forget to follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb. First and foremost, Happy New Year, David. Happy New Year. You seem like you're starting the year off in good spirits, John. Um, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in good spirits. No, I, I was a little agitated in the very, very first segment because I'm so tired of hearing about Florida State, um, how they should have been in. Um, and again, I just sometimes want to slap somebody because I had to listen to it from on my, a bunch of my cousins and quote my family members who actually believe that life is fair. And it was just so unfair that Florida State didn't get in. 
Um, so yeah, that, that was about the only annoying thing, but I'm in a great, great mood. And I think Boo Kerrigan and the college football playoff committee have to be feeling great about the decisions that they made because that semifinal was awesome. Yeah. They created a really good product like that. Yeah, you're right. Those were the two best semifinal games that we've had in back to back, at least in, in the 10 ever years. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the 10 years of the 14 playoffs. So a good way to go out because now it's going to expand to twelve. But I mean, look, I I still think Florida State has a, has a legitimate grievance because you can't look at what happened to them in the Orange Bowl and say by any stretch that that was the version of of Florida State that would have showed up. Uh, I'm not saying it would have been the version of short Florida State that would have showed up, but it still was going to show up without Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker and the little kid from Covington. I'm sorry. They weren't going to beat Texas. They weren't going to beat Michigan. They weren't going to beat Oklahoma State. They weren't going to beat Oklahoma. They weren't going to beat Georgia. They wouldn't have beat Ole Miss. Hell, they wouldn't have beat Maryland. Like, yeah, this- yeah. Maybe, maybe. But, but let's not kid ourselves and pretend like Alabama looks like some team that actually Did the game go deserved- to overtime? The game went to Alabama. Alabama looked like they should have won that game. Michigan went down the field. I thought they, uh, you know, having five defensive backs on the field, especially in overtime, was just stupid, and they ran the ball right down the field. And Jalen Milrow and Tommy Reese, I thought Tommy Reese called a terrible game, never put Milrow in position to actually succeed. Again, yet that thing went to overtime, and it was, I mean, you did you know which way that sucker was going to go? No, it was a, it was a, it was an exciting game, but I don't think it was a well-played game. I didn't watch Alabama in that game and think, wow, Alabama. Did you, did you think, wow, Michigan? So, okay, did I you mean, think, this, wow, Michigan then? No, honestly, the, the second game was significantly better played. Like, it looked like two teams that, I mean, especially on Washington's part, uh, two teams that actually knew what they were doing out there. Whereas Alabama's offensive line, in particular, was, they got hit by Michigan, the, yeah. The little 18-year-old kid on the left side got just rolled. Yeah, he did. The fact that Alabama made it to the college football playoff with that offensive line and with those uh, quarterback center snapping, like like snap problems, that's amazing. The fact that Saban took uh, a team with Jalen Milrow at quarterback and that pass protection and turned them into an SEC champion, I mean, Honestly, Saban was talking after the game about how he was so proud of what this Alabama team accomplished, how you know this Alabama team should be remembered as one of the greats. And it's easy to roll your eyes at that, but my gosh, like when you see some of their flaws on display, it is David, impressive. David, yeah. David, David, I, I, I need to stop you real quick. This is an Alabama team that still lost only two games. One game was to the number one seed Michigan in overtime, and the other loss was to Texas in the second game of the year, by the way, who played Washington yesterday. They rolled Tennessee. They rolled Georgia. They rolled through their schedule and took care of business when they need to. Did they barely beat South Florida early in the year? Did they struggle early when they had their quarterback issues? Yes. But again, um, this Alabama team lost two games. Both teams that they lost to are in the college football playoff. And, yeah, they were just sloppy, man. It's just it's just surprising. It just feels to me like Alabama is just not as uh, not as buttoned up, not as. And this is the last three years. This is the longest national title drought that Alabama's had 
under Nick Saban. This is the first time that they've ever gone three seasons under Saban without winning the national title. And my point is, it's not hard to see why. Because, yeah, they've still got a lot of talent, and sure, they, they can flash in moments and look unbeatable. They, they put their potential on display against Georgia, but this team couldn't snap the football against Michigan. Yeah. They couldn't protect Jalen Milrow, who's a great runner. But when you get sacked six times uh, and you're Jalen Milrow and you have, you're that athletic and that elusive, I mean, that's telling you something about your offensive line there. And so It also I, tells I me a little something that that Michigan defensive front is no damn is. joke. And that Michigan no, defense, man, I'll tell you, I, I'm not impressed with their offense at all. I'm sorry. I think J.J. McCarthy, I, don't, I think he's a, a pedestrian quarterback on a great team. Great offensive line. Decent weapons, great running backs, but it's the defense for Michigan that is just absolutely filthy. You're right, and you're right about McCarthy because he got let off the hook on the very, what was it, the first play of the game? Yeah, it should have been an interception, and I can't believe his foot. I mean, the heel before he jumped up. I mean, I was like, no! Yeah, so a great play by the Alabama defense there that would have given them a lot of momentum early on. Anyway... Like, McCarthy looks shaky. I mean, he ends up, I think, throwing for three touchdowns with no interceptions. So the stat line, the box score looked fine at the end. But, uh, you know, and if you watch the game, you know he did not play very solid. Again, Correct. 17 completions on 27 attempts. He did have three touchdown passes. Uh, there was two interceptions that should have gone Alabama's way. One ball was just flat out dropped. And again, the other one that was actually picked, my man uh, was standing on, uh, you know, his heel was out of bounds before he went up to catch the football illegal touching. Yeah. Yep. But I love the matchup that we get now because Michigan's defensive front, we saw how good it was last night. Now mm-hmm. they go up against a Washington offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award, best offensive line in the country. They protect Michael Penix a whole lot better than Alabama protects Dan Milrow. And we get the best passing offense in the country statistically against the best defense in the country in Michigan. So it's a it makes for a great matchup. It's also I'm the fired first up time. for this one. I am too, and it, and it makes for the first time uh, since the very first year of the college football playoff when we had Ohio State versus Oregon. First time since then that there's not an SEC team in the national title, and I'm okay with it. I think it's a, it's going to be a really good matchup. Uh, the SEC wasn't great this season. I mean, Georgia, we all saw their defense. SEC really wasn't great, but um, Ole Miss beat the hell out of Penn State. The SEC wasn't great, but, you know, Tennessee beat the brakes off of Iowa. The SEC wasn't great, but um, let's see. Who did Ohio State get their ass kicked by? Yeah, no, look, I'm not drawing. Missouri, John. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. A Missouri team in Eli Drinkwich. Dude, the SEC, you can say it's down, but they're just still kicking everybody's ass. A Kentucky team that wasn't even good this year took Clemson, who's ranked 22nd, and had to win on a field goal. I, I mean, you can say the SEC's down, and I just still think that's perception from the beginning of the season. But right now, I mean, I mean, the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy winner is at LSU. Uh, the national, I mean, one team from the semifinal made it. Georgia absolutely killed Florida State again. Penn State got smoked by Oklahoma. I mean, I, I'm I disagree with the SEC quote being down. Well, by the standards of the conference, the Alabama lost to Texas early in the season. You got to look at the whole body work. I, I, I'm not going to judge the SEC based off of bowl season with all the opt outs that we have now. Well, With how about you do it guys. by just their ranking? So you're saying that Ole Miss? I mean, if 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 there was if it was a 12 team playoffs, how many teams of the SEC are going to get in? Missouri would have been there. Ole Miss would have been there. Alabama would have been there. Georgia would have been there. But the SEC's down. Yeah, it is because 
the SEC doesn't have a team in the national title game, which by the standards of that conference, and guess what? The Big Ten, the Big Ten has two, kind of, because you know, Washington's going to be in the Big Ten next season, and so that's a bad one. <laughs> hey, David, that was a good, great, great point. Um, I mean, it's wild, but it's true. It is but, wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, uh, so that's oh, Georgia, by the way, what uh, Texas, what Texas is, you know, then, then the SEC had two teams in the, the college football playoff, and they both lost yesterday because Texas. They did. Look, I'm not saying that the SEC has permanently relinquished its pecking order in college football. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this wasn't a banner year for the SEC, and I don't think, I don't think you can, you can use bowl season, uh, to try to excuse that when, that bowl season results in, in there being no SEC teams in the, in the in the championship game. So that's I mean that's all I'm saying. It was a great year for Ole Miss, great year for Missouri. You know what? I think maybe even from a fan's perspective, uh, from a, a a democratic standpoint, it, it was nice to see Alabama look human and, and other teams like flex. Like I get you know I get sick of the same teams running college football every but year. But Alabama uh, looking human and losing in overtime to the number one team in the country. I, I, again, that's where I just feel like it's this is overblown. Again, I mean, I want you to think about what we're talking about. When you talk about the Southeastern Conference, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, all these teams went out there and did their job this season, and then also they did it in the postseason. Yeah, it's just unfortunate for the league that they couldn't come up with the the, the big plays when they need. I mean, look, if Georgia, do you think the stronger uh, commerce was the Big Ten or the SEC? Well, I mean, I think the results on the field show us that the the Big Ten had the the best team um, in Michigan. I don't know Washington. I think is going to beat Michigan. Um, they got lucky in a in an overtime game, but I'm just saying, you watch Penn State; they got destroyed. Yeah, I mean, look, they're different conferences. The, the, the Big Ten doesn't have the offensive firepower. The SEC had Jaden Daniels, the the Heisman Trophy winner. The SEC had a, a dynamic, uh, explosive offense in Ole Miss. The SEC had Missouri and Cody Schrader with Brady Cook taking a big step forward. Uh, Luther Burden, right? Like uh, the Big Ten didn't have those dynamic, explosive offenses. Ohio State didn't have a C.J. Stroud or a Justin Fields at quarterback this year. And Lord knows, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback going forward because. Uh, I don't know that Devin Brown and uh, Lincoln Keenholz. Devin Brown is weak, son. Did you see how, like, man, that was some soft stuff for Devin Brown going out. Like, man, come on, kid. Well, Ryan Day's got to figure that out. Look, I'm not saying that, that the uh, SEC, again, has has relinquished its, its, its spot atop the sport. But when you don't have a team playing for the national title, that says to me that you were down. I think they were down. Uh, it's okay that Ole Miss was up and Missouri was up. Like, that's. That's good, right? I but mean, like, Ole Miss. Do you not agree? Next year, preseason rankings, Ole Miss will be oh, a top God. five team. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all aboard it. I mean, the the work that Lane Kiffin has done in the transfer portal is unreal to to boost that defense. Uh, everything they've got coming back. Three out of the top five teams next year in the preseason rankings could be from the SEC. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So, so I don't, I don't, I'm not. Again, I'm not casting the fact that this wasn't a great year for the SEC. I'm not. I'm not using that to make any conclusions about what it means for the future of the SEC, especially not when you're about to add Oklahoma and Texas uh, to the conference. So uh, with, with the playoff expanding, the, the SEC is in great shape to get four teams into the, into the thing, maybe five for, for crying out loud. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Tennessee looked good uh, in the bowl with Nico. I thought Nico looked 
as good as Joe Milton did at any point in the entire season. Shoot, I thought, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think Nico, the young kid, is going to be good. Um, Absolutely. And Tennessee fans are extremely excited. And then we also forget, I mean, Brian Kelly is going to get things going down at LSU. I mean, he's got to get his defense uh, straightened out. Well, he's got a lot to figure out. Like, LSU losing the Heisman Trophy winner quarterback. They're losing their offensive coordinator, Mike Denbrock, who's going back to Notre Dame. Oh, I didn't know that. Wisconsin picked apart that that poor secondary. Wisconsin did. Uh, So, Brian Kelly's got a lot to figure out. The recruiting has has been really good, but it's not at Alabama or Georgia's level. So, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion to me. That whole crop of coaches from three years ago now, the guys who just finished up their second season, I mean, it was such a blockbuster hire when – LSU got Brian Kelly, and when USC got got Lincoln Riley, and you know the, these coaches just haven't quite delivered yet. Meanwhile, in year two, Kalen DeBoer, who came from Fresno State, a coach who nobody was best talking coach about in the country State, right now, absolutely. And, and Dan Lanning, a guy who a lot of people said, "Really, like you're going to hire Georgia's defensive coordinator to be uh, the head coach at Oregon?" and he is running laps around anything that Mario Cristobal has done in Miami. True. When Cristobal left Oregon and was celebrated as this rock star hire. So, I mean, it just goes to show you, you never know. Uh, when you look at the coaching carousel, everybody would have said, oh, yeah, the best hires of that 2021 carousel were Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, and Mario Cristobal. Well, what did they have to show for it right Nothing. now? How many championships have they won? Conference championships even? Nothing. I mean, we've got a couple of Heisman trophies. That's great, but like, uh, they didn't hire those coaches to get individual awards for quarterbacks. They hired them to go win titles. And uh, the coaches who are doing that are uh, it's Kalen DeBoer at Washington. He's got Dan Lanning right there nipping at his heels, doing way more than than Riley or or Kelly have done. And and I guess you got to give Brian Kelly some credit for winning the SEC West in year one, but. You know, it's just when you go back and look at that at that cycle, uh, there's a lot of coaches. Mike Elko is another one. I mean, the guys who, who we probably gave C minuses to mm-hmm. in terms of the grade on the higher are the ones who are who are having the most success. Um, you know, the other thing, uh, you know, I'll kind of think about when you were talking about Dan Lanning leaving Georgia and going to Oregon. Right now, you know, like you know, Nick Saban was basically the guy who rehabbed coaches, and I know that Kirby Smart works with Nick. But if you look at what Todd Munkin has done for Baltimore um, and changed Lamar Jackson and completely changed that offense, uh, right now they're the best team in the AFC. Todd Munkin, his offensive coordinator skills are off the damn charts. Georgia loses him. They lose Dan Lanning. And I'm telling you right now, Kirby Smart, he he just has it going on. Um, like He has replaced, I think, Nick Saban as the creme de la creme when it comes to coaching in college football. Yeah, that's 100% correct. Yeah, he is the best coach in college football right now. I voted him in that position to begin this season. Nothing that happened this year changed my mind, even though Saban got the better of him in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I mean, that's spot on. Uh, Georgia is, to me, the best program still in college football right now. But obviously, they're not going to win the national title this year. Hey, they may still get some votes for number one if Washington beats Michigan and do not you think the AP could actually do something crazy because they have nothing they to do with the college football playoff committee? Could I, they do it? There will be some vote. I think there will be three or four voters who vote Georgia at number one. Uh, SEC-based voters in that geographic footprint, 
who vote in that poll, I think some of them are going to put Georgia at number one if Washington beats Michigan and doesn't look great doing it. Because, you know, it would have gotten controversial had Texas or Alabama ended up winning the national title with a loss, having close to an identical record as Georgia, who just crushed uh, Florida State. Uh, ultimately, though, the national champion is going to be an undefeated Power 5 champion, and I think they will get almost all of the AP votes. But there will be a couple who vote for Georgia, and nothing we saw from Georgia this year made me think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So we talked about Nick Saban reaching year 18 of his tenure before he ever went three straight years without winning a national title. I mean, we could be headed towards something like that with Georgia. Uh, we could be headed towards a two-decade reign of Kirby Smart where Georgia never goes more than, than two years in a row without winning at all. And so I think, you know, that's kind of uh, – I mean, Michigan just feels too unstable to challenge the, the Georgia dynasty. Nick Saban is, is what, 72 uh, now? So it's – yeah, I mean, I think Georgia is is clearly atop the heap in terms of the best program in the sport, even though they're not going to win it all this year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um Again, um, right now, college football, we've been talking about this. I, I love the bowl season. I love college football. They are going to expand to 12 next year. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm fired up to see how many teams, uh, once this bad boy is all over, where they, you know, how many SEC teams. I'm excited. You know me. I'm excited for Ole Miss. Like, what they've done in the transfer portal, uh, bringing in Walter Nolan, the Grove Collective is tearing it up. Uh, the way they handled Penn State, Jackson Dart's coming back. They got weapons at the yacht, you know, the wazoo. I'm excited about a little bit of football, especially here down in Oxford. But I do want to say, though, like this national championship game, I am like this game is going to be so hard to handicap. Are you going to go with Harbaugh and that Michigan defense? Are you going to go with a left-handed gunslinger and Michael Penix and Caleb DeBoer, who right now I think is the best coach still coaching uh, when it comes in football? Yeah, it's amazing the space that Michael Penix can drop a football into. I mean, it's like he doesn't need much of a window. Uh, he can he can throw the ball into uh, a space that most most people wouldn't even really. Uh, Think consider. about it. so, yeah. You know he's incredible, uh, incredibly talented. But I'm I'm going with Michigan. I think the Wolverines defensively are pretty similar to the way Georgia was in 2021 mm-hmm. when they finally broke through and won their first title under Kirby Smart. Uh, that was a historically dominant defense, and I think Michigan is close to that level of dominance. We saw what they did against Alabama, sacking Dale Milrow six times. They were the first team this season to hold Jalen Miller under three, uh, to hold Alabama under 300 total yards. No one has, has reached 400 yards against Michigan this season. So that, that defense is, is, it's just nasty. And Washington, defensively, they make the plays when the game is on the line and they have to. But I don't know that over the, the course of a four quarter ball game, they're going to be able to stand up to, uh, Blake Corum and that Michigan, uh, running game. So I think Michigan, uh, wins again, but I love the matchup. Um, I, I, I'm really impressed with the way Washington has has, has reached this point. The fact that 21 straight wins, 21 straight wins is so damn impressive. Yeah, and and in 2021 they were four and eight before Kalen DeVore got there. So <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that I mean it's insane. 25 and two, and uh, you know they're they're going to fall off a little bit after after Michael Penix graduates. But they got Will Rogers coming in there. 
uh, to be the successor, and, and you know, it's pretty insane what what they've done. And, and you got to give a lot of credit to the people who hired Kalen DeBoer because you know it, it, it's worked out perfectly for for the Huskies. And they're moving to the Big Ten, so like this is their chance, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's never going to be any easier uh, for for Washington than it is now. I mean, look, I know the Pac-12 had a, had a solid year and was super competitive, but life's going to get harder for them. So this is their chance. Like. I'd love to see him break through. I just think the Michigan defense is too tough. I also think that's what's exciting about, um, you know, I was talking with, again, uh, I was with my family all weekend, of course, everybody bringing the new year, and they're like, man, I can't believe it, you know. Oh, you got Washington and UCLA, and oh, you got USC all going to the Big Ten. And they, you know, they find that absolutely like lunacy. I think it's the coolest thing ever because you're actually bringing some teams that are offensive minded mm-hmm. over into a, in, in what I call the big slow, the big 10. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a kind of a great little mesh. And it, I mean, I think it's really going to be interesting. I kind of love what the big 10's doing. And I, I just think it's going to be a lot more exciting. I'm kind of curious to see, you know, five years from now, um, does the Big Ten stay as the big slow in defense and running the football, or do they start kind of moving over to uh, getting those quarterbacks and tossing the junk all over the yard? Yeah, no, exactly. The best quarterbacks in the Big Ten next season will play for the teams that are arriving from the Pac-12. Uh, that's Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon, Will Rogers going to Washington. Uh, it looks like that little kid at USC, Moss. Moss, Miller Moss. Game, he's, yeah. better, he's better day one in the Big Ten than, than uh, most of the quarterbacks in that conference. We saw how bleak Ohio State looked at quarterback. J.J. McCarthy, he's a game manager. Sorry, bud. I mean, you're not a superstar. Um, and then UCLA, we'll, we'll see kind of what they end up doing at that position. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's going to spice that league up a little bit. Uh, and Lord knows they need it. I mean, that, that Iowa performance against Tennessee was so pathetic, so lifeless. Uh, they only crossed think, the 50-yard line twice. That's how bad that Iowa team was. And Tennessee had six scholarship defensive backs opt out from a unit that wasn't even that good. Like, like I had some buddies of mine who were like, oh, man, I'm, I'm scared of uh, about all these DBs we got opting out. I'm like, don't be. Iowa completed 25 passes to wide receivers all season. Like their, their, their leading receiver had like 289 yards all year. Uh, you shouldn't be worried. And, and the fact that Iowa couldn't score against that Tennessee defense is, is downright hilarious. Uh, and honestly, pretty sad. So I think you're right. I mean, those, those new teams coming to the Big Ten are gonna, gonna force them to modernize a little bit and play a little bit of offense. All right, uh, before I before I let you go, I know I'm running long and I can't stop talking to you because I just love it. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. next year, um, first round draft pick. That's an interesting question because one, he's got a pretty bad injury history. Two, he's I think going to be maybe 24 on on draft day. Uh, he's also not a runner at all, and that's partly due to the fact that he's been so banged up over the course of his career. So you got to understand you're getting a a statue back there with a little bit of an injury history, but but he does have think, a feel in the pocket, and I, I mean he's got a quick he, his release is as quick as Michael Vick's was back in the day. Yeah, and I don't even think he's he's got the strongest arm. Like he can throw it a long way, and he's got touch. Like that's the thing that sets him apart is the touch, the accuracy, the feel. Yeah, he he, he understands the pocket. Uh, I, I would draft Michael Penix, but I don't think I would draft him in the first round. First round, okay. I think. I think there are other quarterbacks in the draft. Class I mean, Jaden Daniels more. is probably going to be a first round pick. Who do you think has an opportunity to have a better career, Daniels or uh, uh, Penix? 
I think the ceiling is higher for Jaden Daniels, for Drake May, for Caleb Williams than it is for Michael Penix. I think Michael Penix can play in the in the NFL and be a successful NFL quarterback. To me, though, there's some injury risk there, and there's a lack of there's a lack of mobility that the other three I guys. I watched like Dan Marino have. with two dead gum things on his knees, not be able to move, but he gets the ball out of his hands so damn quick. I'm watching Tua Tagovailoa get rid of the ball in 2.2 seconds. Um, he's not big, he's not strong, but that's you know a what? decent comp. He I like plays that comp. right there in the pocket, and he plays with his mind. He sees things faster than others, and when he puts the ball there, it's, he's just so damn accurate. I have a feeling that I think he's actually going to be um, a pretty decent uh, NFL quarterback again. Uh, I think Tua is. I think that's a pretty good comp. Thanks, David. <laughs> yeah, just from a GM's perspective, there's other younger players with higher ceilings, so. I think Penix is a safer pick than, honestly, he might even be a safer pick than, than Jaden Daniels. Um, <laughs> hey, and what if they voted on the Heisman Trophy uh, after bowl season? Is there any question who would win the whole thing? Um, um, Michael would Penix be, would have won that bad boy. Right, unless he went for you know three interceptions and, and whatnot against Michigan in, in the title game. So, yeah, no, I think Michael Penix plays in the NFL. I know he gets drafted, but I just don't know if I'm spending a first-round pick on him. My man, I talked to you for a long time, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. That was a good talk. Man, I appreciate you giving me the time, man. I hope you have a wonderful new year. I hope you and your family uh, had a happy, healthy new year. I know uh, great things are still coming down the pipe. Last but not least, because um, I was in a little bit of an argument with somebody today. If Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, do you believe Florida State would have been one of the final four teams? Yes, they would have been. So they're going to kick uh, Texas out, who was the third? I mean, Georgia won, Washington two. You're going to kick out Texas? I mean, <laughs> I, mean you, I mean, you got Georgia one, Michigan two. You would have Washington three. You're telling I'll me tell you're you going to take Florida State it over Texas. Have, it would have devalued Texas's victory over Alabama if Alabama didn't then go on to become Ooh, the SEC. Good damn point, David Cobb. That is a great point, and nobody has said that until you. It would have devalued their win over Alabama. Damn it, I could talk to you all day. Sirius is a heart attack, man. I believe this. You believe this. And everybody out there who reads your work knows you're the best person when it comes to college basketball and college football. Check his work out at CBSSports.com. Follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb. And please tune in every Tuesday to listen to him uh, argue and rap with me. Be blessed, David. All right, man. I appreciate it. Have a good New Year. You too. That's my big homie, David Cobb. My man, that's the one thing about David Cobb. He always brings a different perspective. And I can I can sit there and feel high as hell on my horse. And he kindly just pulls the, pulls the block out from under me. <laughs> David Cobb is the bomb. We're talking college football, college basketball. We got Hardenwood because it feels so good. But it's time to talk with Zach Boyd about the Tigers and the Grizzlies on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. The open, ready, is the soon.